Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy New Year. Happy Thursday. Welcome back to Action Movie Anatomy. Today, we're going to be covering Ang Lee's masterpiece, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Ben's gone. I left him for dead. We'll see you in just a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. There it is. You love that sound, don't you, Draco? I do, actually. It's a good song. Yeah, it's a good song, yeah. (laughs) Guys, we're back. I'm back. It's 2019. Holy moly, I feel like I've only done... I mean, I think I only have done like two shows in the last two months. You're going through the DTs, you're shaking. I you like need to be on camera. I'm like a little nervous. Yeah? Like it feels weird. I'm like opening. I don't ever open. It's a safe space. It's a safe. <laughs> it is a safe space, guys. Mark Andreco is here. So good to see you, Mark. Yeah, good to see you, man. How were your holidays? Uh, they were great. You know what? They were really great. Like I said, I've been traveling so much for the last six weeks, so it feels yeah. really nice. Yeah, to the be... last time I saw you, you were gonna be, you were just leaving before Thanksgiving for Tokyo, correct? Yeah, yeah. Tokyo was amazing. I went to Oregon. I went to Utah. Mm-hmm. I saw all the family. I drank all the sake and whiskey. Nice. And ate all the ramen. Over Christmas break, I went over to um, uh, DC Comics on Christmas Eve day because uh, there was no one there and had started day drinking. Oh yeah, and I'm not a big drinker, and I had Suntory oh, whiskey. Yes, all of it's so good. I that's dangerous. Were you done? Well, it's like nine. It's like ten thirty in the morning, and I'm doing doing shots. Oh yeah, and you know I had a, I had a cup of coffee, so that's all. And so by by eleven thirty, I was like, I'm getting an Uber home, and then I slept for five hours. I was going to say, did yeah. you just pass out for yeah. the rest of the day? But the the whiskey was great because it was sweet, but it wasn't syrupy. It was fresh. It tasted like you know, like really good coffee has a bitterness to it. Yeah, and it's a good flavor. It had the, that alcohol bite, but it didn't feel like the cheap crap I bought in college, like no. you know, pop off vodka, which is like five percent rubbing alcohol or something. But yeah, Suntory Suntory whiskey is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Oh, I was a complete alcoholic in Japan, guys. This is Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the network de- dedicated to talking movies and pop culture by the bucketful. Ben's going to be so happy I stumbled on that. Mm-hmm. He says it every single week, yeah. and he does such a great job. I thought Guys, we were going to talk about corn products. Yeah, what are we talking about yeah. today? We're talking about Crouching Tiger, yes. Hidden Dragon, which is, this is a very interesting movie. So um, I hadn't seen this movie since, I think, theaters, or like mm-hmm. right after theaters, yeah. and, and I needed to get a guest for this week, and you know I wanted to bring you back on, and you suggested this film. And I wasn't reluctant to cover it because I know how great it is, but I just hadn't remembered anything about it. Like, I, 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 I didn't even remember the love stories. Mm-hmm. This movie is so, so wonderful. Yeah. So before we jump into that, I want to do a couple things. I want to thank our patrons, Liam Gilpin and Mitchell Bowker. I salute you. Draco doesn't have to. He can, though. Uh Thank you guys so much for donating to the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash teamaction, which I've taken over. Ben isn't here. We haven't mm-hmm. talked about that. We'll talk about it in the future. Uh, we might talk about it a little bit on Schmodown Corner today, but we had a bit of a falling out in the movie trivia world. So mm-hmm. I took over the show. I took over the Patreon. I fired him. I brought on Mark. Nah, I'm just joking. Ben will be back next week. You can't afford me. I, I really can't. I really can't. And I'm can't. cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so what does that say about me? Uh, guys, the movies on the show usually adhere to four basic rules, and Mark, you're going to have to see if we do this or not. The uh-huh. hero, rule number one, the hero always plays by his own rules. Does Lee Mu Bai play by his own rules? Um, I don't think he does play by yeah. his own rules. I think he plays by the rules with a capital R. He is a man of such immovable moral fiber mm-hmm. that... He holds himself to such a high standard that when we first see him in the scene with Michelle Yeoh, when he arrives, he's talking about how he left this monastery where he almost achieved the equivalent of nirvana. Right. But there was one person that he couldn't, he didn't want to abandon. And he's talking about her, and she knows he's talking about him. And because it's, because it's a, a period film, 
they don't talk directly, but yeah. that, but that dancing around. I know, I know you're saying you love me, but you're not going to say it that way. Is just so the 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 longing and the romantic romantic quality of it and the purity of that love. No, he plays by the rules to his own detriment. I believe. I believe if he deviated from the rules, the movie would have a bunch different ending. I, I couldn't agree more, and I think that's one thing that's pretty um, fascinating about martial arts movies mm-hmm. in general, and like being someone that was raised in a, my mother is very Korean. Um, it almost would be. It would be a disservice to the ending, mm-hmm. and it would be a disservice to, I think, Asian culture if you had your lead character that didn't play by the rules. Yeah. Because it's so – that's what you do. Yeah. And you see that in the whole movie. I mean they talk about it. Uh, it's just because of her ex essentially dying, and he. And it's the honor of that relationship. And it's, it's not even that the rules are constrictive to him. It's not that the rules are a negative thing. Yeah. There's, there's just this moral code, this ethical code, and, and you do – you know, to paraphrase Star Trek, the good of the many outweighs the good of the few. Mm-hmm. He always, and sometimes that selflessness is its own sort of selfishness because he doesn't have to make choices. Right. He lets these choices be made for him. And it's a really interesting that such an action-oriented character and an actor who brings so much to when we see him that is controlled by this thing because he doesn't really want to make that decision. Because mm-hmm. it's scary. It's scary to bear your soul to someone. Well, And then when you actually, when you actually see him fight, you realize that he is just beyond a master compared to everyone else and so it is it is very fascinating to see him kind of constrained or restricted by those rules rule number two the hero and the villain are always the smartest people beings creatures dinosaurs whatever what have you in the room i i i think i agree with this i absolutely agree with that. yeah i, I think absolutely the, the two heroes because michelle yo and chow yun fat are arguably the leads yeah jang ji is also one of the leads but her storyline almost functions parallel it intersects with the main one but the villain Jade, Jade Fox, Jade Fox. Yeah. talk about the Hannibal Lecter of this movie. She has so little screen yes. time, but every time she's on camera, she owns the movie, and she's terrifying. She this really four is. Four foot tall, seventy year old Chinese woman hunched over is a monster, and just gleeful about it when she oh. when she reveals herself. She's the best kind of villain. She savors. She being yes, a villain. she she lives yeah. in it. She owns it, and and I love. I love the fact that you see her before you see her as the Jade Fox. You have no idea. She's like the handmaid. I told you. We I'm were... glad that you forgot that because I've, I've, I'd seen the movie. I told you before this. I saw this movie like 13 times yeah. in the theater the year it came out. And I, I always remembered that. But seeing hearing someone who forgot that that happened when it's revealed, oh, wait, that's her? Oh, I had it's like so... a straight like, oh, I almost called yeah, you. That yeah, was like almost yeah. my fist pump moment because yeah. it was so cool. And you see her beforehand. She's so submissive. But she kind of has like an attitude. So I think that's great. And Ang Lee is such a great director. He never like puts the spotlight on. He never says, look, it's really her. Right, it just happens, and he expects you to be paying attention. It's so nice when a director assumes that we're smart. You gotta, you gotta you give know? your audience yeah. that nod. You gotta, you gotta respect your audience. You gotta think they're intelligent. Rule number three: the movie is driven by a police, military, or political figure, which means you know they could be an MTA officer and uh, the taking of Palm One, Two, Three. I actually think that this kind of works in this world. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I think I think the politics is not governors, senators. It's it's. The politics of the monks. The, yes, the, it's the politics of humanity in it. That the the, the monks have a, a rules and a and a and a ethos to them that that powers Chow Yun Fat, and thus is the engine of the movie. Yeah, and also with Michelle Yao, she owns a security company yeah. essentially that her dad used to own. Yeah. So you know we can we can bend the rules. And, and, and can we put it in <clears> for just a minute? This movie, watching it again in the post Me Too era. Mm. This movie is such a powerful. The, the women are the most interesting characters. In oh, this there's. Movie. I have. And it, it never feels like it's like. Oh, look at the these cool characters are cool for women. No. They are equals. And this is a movie in medieval 
China, where Michelle Yeoh is one of the most powerful and respected people in the movie. Exactly. And it's never called attention to. It just is. It and just, that's the way it should be. And, and, and I think the, the best way to show it, you got your, your main villain is Jade Fox, yeah. who is a woman who yeah. is terrifying. Oh, she God. destroys that police chief, you know, like with th- that mur- that kill oh. on him is that headshot is brutal. Yeah, and that's a, the simplest effect to do. Yeah. It's not like CG or anything. There's a scene in the movie where uh, the Jade Fox, there's a guy, there's a, 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 a the equivalent of these men has these giant spiked, like scythe, like, like scythe throwing star wrist things, and he throws one at the Jade Fox, and she flicks it back at him, and it goes right into his head. And the way they cut it is, you know, it's just a piece of styrofoam in his head holding it. There's right. no blood, but it's so shocking and so expressionist. It's so powerful. I was like, is he, he's, he's got to be dead. Like, that thing is yeah. in his brain. Oh, yeah, it, it came to rest in the back of his skull. Yeah. And, and the first real fight you see is between Zhang Zi and, and Michelle Yeoh, yeah. and it is so incredible. So, rule number four, the final mm-hmm. rule, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. I don't think there's an explosion in this it's definitely an explosion of emotion. Yeah, and I would argue, I mean, there, there's little sort of things like the, the spoiler alert, take, yeah. turn, turn away because this is going to be a reveal part of the ending. Okay. Uh, when when Zhang Ji, or when, um, when um, Chow Yun-Fat defeats Jade Fox. Yeah. And kinda... the, the needles and then her going into those, va- going into those uh, wine casks and it explodes. It's not an explosion like a building collapse. Right. But it is an explosion that's the manifestation of the, the chi, the force that they use. So, you finally so see. technically it's an explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. There it is. We followed, we followed the rules, except for the hero playing by his own rules, which is something that you really don't want in a movie like this. So, guys, before we hop into the trailer, we're going to be talking about a few things on the show that you guys know. AMA question. We'll probably talk about Schmodown Corner just because cool. it's a world, and we got the award show coming up this Saturday. And the final thing we're going to talk about are top three forgotten classics, because this movie is – most people that I spoke to hadn't seen this movie since theaters or, like, shortly thereafter, including Marissa Serafini, who is in the booth. Marissa, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? God, God, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I always look up, even though she's like down there. Happy New Year to you too. Um, Let's let's hop into the trailer. Oh, but I didn't finish my thought. Movies that people had forgotten about that they need to see. Or ironically, you forgot to finish your thought about movies people have forgotten. (laughs) All right, we'll stop, Marissa. (laughs) Oh, there's that 2000s trailer. In a land, a legend was born. First time you actually see him with the sword. The so awesome. Of a warrior. The woman he loved. A daring outlaw. Oh yeah. And a princess destined to become a warrior. I love the fighting in it. It's just so... And the, the music in this trailer is temp music. The score of the movie is fantastic. We were talking about yeah. this earlier. It does. It's never the big sort of Hans Zimmer, John Williams anthems. It's this very quiet music. It's drums or like bamboo, bamboo sticks. Yeah. And the music, it, it, the score is so subtle, and it allows you to watch the visuals. And I mean, look at that. That's insane. Yeah, and, and, and the thing about these is it never feels ridiculous. No, he, we talked about this as well. Ang Lee is one of these guys that embraces the genre of the movie he's making. He doesn't apologize for it or try to say, I'm going to make it better. Right. He leans into why we respond to these things and elevates them without mocking it. Because the dialogue in this movie, this is a melodrama. Yes, yes, but, it absolutely is. But behind all the great sweeping melodramatic stuff, the emotion of this movie is what makes this movie... I think one of the best movies of the 20th, 21st century. It is, it is such a, 
it hits you so hard, tiger. but so slow and so oh. elegantly. This movie had me in tears numerous oh. times, yeah. and and all sorts of tears, joyful tears. Some, yes. of the, some of those fight scenes, I was crying because I'm like, these are this is I, I'm seeing art it's perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so funny because so so Ben and I, you know, we have our show, mm-hmm. The Action Guys, mm-hmm. which you should come on sometime. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be super great over on Collider. And we did an episode just recently on talking about the history or what makes a perfect trailer, mm-hmm. and that voice talking about Crouching Tiger, mm-hmm. Hidden Dragon. It's amazing, just mm-hmm. like the music. Yeah. It takes away from what that it's, movie actually it's is. It's not that movie. It is that, not that, that, is that not movie. a great trailer. It is not about this this what would it say a rebel out in the yeah. desert. Or whatever. Yeah. It's like it's not that movie, yeah. um, but it is. It is fascinating. That's that's what got people to theaters though in two thousand. But you know, it was it, it was one of the f- few. I don't know the exact numbers, but it was one of the few uh, for, foreign language films to make over a hundred million dollars oh, in did. the United was, States, and it was nominated for best picture as well as best foreign film. Which it's so tough for me. And all right, so let's okay. move on because because yeah, I actually want to talk about that. So guys, the next thing we're going to talk about is our thesis statement. It's your bold biggest thought about this movie. If you were at a party, a crouching tiger, hidden dragon party, I don't know what that would look like. But if you were at one of those parties and you could only say one thing all night, it had you had one opinion you could share, this would be it. And do you want to hop in sure. first? You want okay? Uh, my statement would be that Ang Lee is the most versatile director alive. Okay, who's current? Who's currently making films? Right, and we we talked about this a little bit because you said the the only other people that you could throw in that wheelhouse or that category would be the Coen brothers. Yeah, currently, yeah. The my the inspiration, the the original guy, I think that was that was the inspiration for that sort of diversity of of work is Billy Wilder, because every single movie he made was a different genre and so good, and every single movie Ang Lee has made is a different genre, and he's only made one movie that I think really is an utter and complete. Failure, but I understand why he did it, and, that and was, I hadn't even heard of it. Yeah, it's Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. It's okay. about a soldier who's uh, going to uh, the, middle, the Middle East, and they have them trot them out during the Super Bowl halftime thing, and it's just about him. The last minute, the last couple of days of his life, as he's standing there doing the. The reason it was it was may, uh, it was a notable film was because Ang Lee did that that frame rate thing that uh, Peter Jackson did with The Hobbit, and oh, the movie looked okay. like you were there. I mean, right. it looked like. Super, super crisp, 3D, real. But the movie was just the 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 lead guy's kind of a, a, a dish rag, and um, the the movie itself is just kind of doesn't add up to much. It's ambitious. I see why he did it. It's the only movie of his I would say is bad. And he's made movies from The Wedding Banquet, which is a tiny little film about a, a Chinese man who's gay and his parents come visit from Hong Kong, so he gets into a fake marriage, which is this really delightful, small emotional comedy to The Ice Storm, to the to the Hulk. Yeah, so to, I mean, he's he's. Every, everything he does, much like the Coen brothers, he, he he tests himself. He tries to do different things. I mean, he's doing a big-budget Will Smith sci-fi movie right now. Right. Uh, what did you say? Gemini? Gemini Man. Gemini yeah. Man, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I don't disagree with you, and I wish I was more familiar with Billy Wilder's work so mm-hmm. that I could actually throw in a little well, bit I'm on that. I'm envious that you're not because you're going to have a really good time watching his yeah. films. Every single one of his films is, at the very minimum, incredibly interesting. And the ones that are great are the greatest Stalag 17 sunset boulevard i mean it's mm, just sunset, crazy yeah so do you think you like the hulk a lot and that's like one of that's one of the movies that a lot of people say is like his one of his biggest missteps yeah. what do you love about the hulk so much well i love i love the hulk because for me i would rather see an ambitious failure than an easy success okay i would rather see a movie that tries really hard and Hits the target eighty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the editing in that movie it should have gotten an Oscar. It should have been. It wasn't nominated. It should have won because it captures comic book storytelling in a way that hasn't been done 
Watch Ang Lee's Hulk and watch Spider-Man into the uh, into the Spider-Verse. You know a thing or two about writing comics as well. Well, yeah, well besides <laughs> besides that, but also too, I mean, I think that I think that the Hulk is is a really really interesting movie because you have the big action scenes. You have that scene with Bruce Banner and his dad. It's basically a David Mamet play. Oh, yeah. It's the two of them against a black background. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's fascinating. And the one thing I think that, that would, would have made the Hulk a much more successful movie is if I could go back, I would film a scene at the very beginning that is Eric Bana, Jennifer Connelly, and their golden retriever having a picnic in Golden Gate Park them having just a lovely day together. Because the movie is so much about repression and sadness and melancholy mm-hmm. that they're not the hap- they're not the most interesting they're not the happiest people to hang around because everybody's so either damaged or despairing we we we're, we're told that he loves Jennifer Connelly we never see it okay. so if we had one little happy scene then you can depart from it and i think that would i think that movie would have made another 50 million dollars if there was a scene of them like really enjoying their company and having a stress free day and then of course brokeback is just another phenomenal beautiful love story how does the guy that made crouching tiger hidden dragon and the, and the hulk, hulk. And the life of Pi right. make oh, I love the life Brokeback of Pi too. Mountain. Yeah. And Brokeback, I, and I, I revisited Brokeback this week specifically just because I wanted to watch another. I wanted to watch The Hulk last night as well. I just didn't have time. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that thesis. He really is He is amazing. And, and going back and watching Brokeback, Ben loves that movie so much. Oh. He always quotes. He's like, uh, why can't you just leave me be? You know? God, well, I, love I, mean, that look, part. I mean, that movie too. I mean, I could spend days talking about that movie. I mean, this when. When Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal come back from the mountain and Jake Gyllenhaal drives off and they go their separate ways and Heath Ledger walks around the corner and then is so sad that they're not going to see each other and so confused by his love for this guy Mm -hmm. that he actually gets physically ill. Yeah, the silent rage. I mean, I just got goosebumps. The, yeah, Heath Ledger. I mean, I just want to go back in time and slap those fucking cold pills out of his I hand because I would, I would give anything to see what Heath Ledger would be like right now as an actor. Uh, Heath Ledger and Philip Seymour Hoffman are yeah, my two biggest. Like, yeah. I'm so devastated over it. Uh, all right, so my thesis statement is actually going to be that this is the greatest action romance ever made. Period. It, it, it is such a phenomenal beautiful love story mm-hmm. between two different love stories, as you yeah. said before, that is heightened, that is accented by some of the greatest hand-to-hand combat we've seen in film ever. But this is not an action movie. This is a beautiful, beautiful love story. And what's great about the love story is it's not like a, it's not like a, a basic instinct or it's like a sex movie. Or right. It's a movie about love. Pure love. Pure love. And it's pure, pure state. Marrow deep love. Yes. And and like they haven't even and they're equals. They haven't even held hands yeah. their whole yeah. fucking lives. Yeah, I mean it's it's like it's like it's like in a nineteen fifties movie where they where people just touch their fink pinkies and that's right. that's so hot. It's like, oh my because god. Because it's an act of defiance. They're gonna go home and take off each other's socks. And most re- yeah, and and most romance movies there's a disparity. Right. Chow Yun Fat and Michelle Yeoh are equal. Yes. The level of respect is what's sexy. And you love, and the same thing, she is a princess in mm-hmm. the real world, yeah. and he is a prince of this thief world. Yeah. And so you see, even when, when she's with him, she's still royalty yeah. out in the desert. And yeah. it's, yeah, it, it is it is phenomenal. And, and I was trying to think of like a few, I always have like a handful of thesis statements, mm-hmm. and like, you know, one of them was like, this is something to do with the, the female leads and how powerful that mm-hmm. was, and something about some of the best hand-to-hand combat in film ever. But I just truly believe that this is actually just the greatest action romance ever made. Well, and that because of the emotional heft of the movie, it makes the action sequences all the be- all the better. And it's he- not watching just stunts. These action sequences, these characters have stakes that are manifesting physically, which is 
Sounds simple to do, but he makes, you know, it's like the joke that, you know, Ginger Rogers did everything uh, Fred Astaire did, but backwards and in high heels. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And Lee makes all this stuff look so easy and so effortless. Well, you talk about, I mean, we'll get into it when we get into the awards and stuff, but with, with the cinematography and this, the costume design, everything, the set design was absolutely incredible. So moving on, we're going to get to our fist pump moment, which I'm... I had a very interesting fist pump moment. Uh, guys, that's the moment in the movie where something happens. You kind of look around or let's say, you know, Andreco's coming on the show today. Something happened during the movie. I want to pick up my phone and call him. Mark, what are you doing? He's like, why do you have my phone number? I never gave you my number. I'm like, just go to this scene. There's and a restraining Tiger. order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's never going to leave this room. Um, my fist pump moment, actually, I, so I have to share it. I have to share my, my very interesting one. And I want to write down exactly what I said because... I said, honestly, my fist pump moment was when she smiled at him right before taking the bath out in the desert. Mm-hmm. So it's after she escapes and hits it's him with the rock, yes, yeah. and almost dies again, and he mm-hmm. goes and saves her again, and then he's like, you know, I'll, I'll be singing so you can know where I am. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a hot bath. I figured yeah. out how to take warm water back or clean water back, all this stuff. And you finally see her break. Mm-hmm. You finally see her drop, and she just has this slight smile as he's singing, being a jackass, mm-hmm. walking out. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment that I was like, "Oh my god! Like this is this is a I'm, this is a beautiful love story. This is a rom com." Right well, now. in that moment, also you understand her character. It yes. makes you. It makes you. If you watch the movie again after that scene, you get her. Yeah, you completely and, understand her, and she's not wrong. That's what's interesting. She's a villain esque character. But she's not necessarily wrong. In fact, we talked about this before the show. She's kind of a younger version of Chow Yun Fat yes, in the movie. Absolutely. And that's why I think that's why he <laughs> wants to give her the sword, yeah, why he, he wants to train her. her. He knows the potential. Which when he's fighting her the first time and he's saying all those lines yeah. like strength is 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 how light you are or whatever, mm-hmm. which I love because that is actually then you see it later on when they're fighting in the trees. Yeah. Oh, and man. it's, oh, it's, it's so incredible. But that moment for me mm-hmm. was absolutely just wonderful, beautiful, yeah. and they and they'd earned it. And it, it in the flashback, I, I'd forgotten the flashback was even coming. Yeah. And it's so great. It's almost like its own little short film in the middle. It, it, it's, yeah. it's, it is, and it's, and it's fully so satisfying. well done. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I want you to talk about yours because then I want to show something else. So, what's, what's your fist pump? Uh, uh, my fist pump moment is the first fight between Zhang Ji and Michelle Yeoh for so many reasons. The first and foremost being it is one of the most exciting. Well choreographed, beautifully staged, jaw-dropping things I've ever seen on film. And it's all real. The only CG in those scenes is the erasing of the wires for them doing the flying stuff. Right, right. It's all actually happening. Those actors had to learn all that stuff. So technically, it's great. And it's a fight scene. We've never seen anything like it. It's a fight scene between two women. And it's not two women fighting like, you know, cat fight, pulling hair fight. It's two Powerful intimidating warriors ass, at the yeah. height of their powers fighting who just happen to be women. And you're like, there's, <sighs> you, you know that you would get destroyed by either of them, right? Oh. There, there's never a moment of like, I could take them on. If either one of them just looked at me cross-eyed, yeah. I would crumble. I mean, <laughs> yeah. these are two incredibly competent, powerful, fully realized characters. And and it's and it's it's great. And it's the fight scene is clever. Like when Michelle Yeoh kicks some uh, t- roof tiles. Right, right. And it, 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 there's and there's not one wasted movement in it. Every single movement in that scene is there because it needs to be. It, and, it's it's and that's what I love about martial yeah. arts. It's kind of like the the ultimate equalizer. Like yeah. growing up, I was raised by four women, and mm-hmm. my mom always wanted me to do martial arts. She also did taekwondo, and it was just because she she did it because she wanted to be able to protect herself. Sure. And and like I did it because I was a boy and I thought mm-hmm. it was cool. But like that was the one thing that I always loved about martial mm-hmm. arts films growing up was that. 
men and women were equal because oh, yeah. of technique and strength. Yeah. And and so this is actually the, the fight scene later on that had another one of my fist pump moments, which is when Michelle Yeoh actually grabs the spear. And this is like a four and a half minute fight scene, but I think it really kind of encapsulate all the things that you talk about with your original fist pump. And uh, well, this this fight scene is relevant is important too because this is where she knows it's Zhang Ji. The yeah. first fight scene, she doesn't know yes. that she's fighting a woman. Exactly, and this is where she actually knows what's going on, and we see the power of the sword. So uh, let's check out this fight. Goosebumps, like, every time. And can I just say, Michelle Yeoh is one of the most beautiful women ever to exist in the world. Oh, and she, honestly, I loved her in Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, yeah. She was phenomenal. And she's an amazing actress. I know, I know. That's another thing I want to talk about. Listen to this music. It's perfect. And just that, just that little thing where she's like, "Uh uh-oh, am I good enough for this? Yes. (laughs) And the first move, she almost kills her, right? And the overhead shots they do are just... <sighs> and the sound design in this movie is exquisite. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. Look at those shots. Yeah, I mean, I got goosebumps watching this. This is... And something else that I think is a very Eastern thing. It's not full of quips. It's not. No. When you're fighting, you got to focus. You can't be making jokes. Yes. And they trust that the fight and the emotion in their eyes. Oh, look at that shattered sword. Ah. Oh. I know. And you're, they don't say anything. She just go on. And I love. This is actually my favorite part of the fight. Is her yeah. with the spear. Chop, 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 chop. Like, look at that thing, man. It's everywhere. Marissa, you losing your shit up there? Oh, yeah, you know it. <laughs> I want Ang to make a musical. Right? Oh. This is actually my second fist pump is when she just, like, shatters the table. Yes, dude! And the other thing that's great about the fight scenes in this movie is it's not two invulnerable things hitting each other. Like They feel the reverberation yes. of the sword and they have, to gain, they have to recenter themselves so there's a humanity to it as well. Well, and it makes... And that there's humanity risk. is so important because then you're worried about... I, I didn't remember... Just, just, I remember there was tragedy in this movie. I couldn't remember when or where. I couldn't remember if Yao died. I can remember if Chao Yun-Fat or what. I couldn't remember. So this whole time I'm thinking, oh my God, maybe she dies right here. And the stamina... Yes. The actors have to have to do this. Because I'm sure that they shot this many, many times. But it's like watching ballet. It No, it truly is. I love this, too. She's like... <laughs> that well, smile. That's it. Yes. Bring it, bitch. Yeah. It's amazing. She's like, all right, now I need to go for something big and strong that won't yeah. break. And I love that they talk about the sword very early on. They're like 1.6 inches in diameter, or I mean, in, in width and in, in the handle, the blade, all these things. But then they never talk about it again. It just is this indestructible object. That's the Green Destiny Sword. Again, the music. It's and he lets perfect. us catch our breath and yep. then goes back. Because it can be too much, yeah. right? You yeah. need to stop for yeah. a second. Well, it makes you feel like you're actually in the fight. Yes, and it and it, it just makes it feel like it's it's a real fight, not something because you talk about the stamina. You can't go forever. She's and she's learning. Yeah, she's like, don't touch that sword. That's Li Mu Bai's sword. It's mine now. Yeah. 
I can't remember. <laughs> oh, we weren't translating. <laughs> no, I, I wish. <laughs> I like pickles on my sandwich. <laughs> yeah, right. we, we should do the wrong version of this. And you know what else is so deeply satisfying about this movie that I think you see in things like the new James Bond movies and all the Mission Impossible movies is these are practical effects. Yeah. These are people actually doing things in existing spaces. Yes, there's CG enhancements, but this is this isn't a robot fighting a robot. These are two people that had spent untold hours and are probably when they were doing this probably qualify for the Olympics from our. Oh arts yeah, I mean. You look at this, and there's the, you can't fake this. Yeah. You have to have incredibly talented martial artists in order to pull off a scene. I mean, look at this, yeah, man. This is, this is method acting right here. You see their faces, too. It's yeah, so important to see their faces. Real, yeah. In, yeah. Just yeah. like that. That's five minutes yeah. we just watched yeah. of, of a just yeah. straight badass fight scene. And guys, I know that there's a bunch of you in the chat. It's it's hard to be looking at both. Uh, but I'm so happy you're all here. I hope you enjoyed that scene. God, goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. it's one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah, and, and, and honestly for me, I... I said I don't. I, that's a pretty big statement to say the greatest action romance ever made. I, I think it's up there for me too. It was such a wonderful revisit. Because yeah, it, it's 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 like a really really good wine. You're, there's just so many layers, different mm -hmm. flavors, and different things, and they all come together to make this one unified thing that is just. It, I, I'm loath to say it elevates the genre because that may sounds condescending. But, but it does. It, but it maximizes everything that people love about this genre in a way where a director of note who's known for his dramas respects it. And, and we, feel, we, we feel the love that Ang Lee feels for this genre. Yes. He makes us, because I had never really seen a lot of these movies as a kid. I saw, you know, catch them on the Saturday morning reruns and stuff, but they're always the bad dubs and always the, the right, weakest ones right. that got brought over to America. Yeah. And seeing this movie, I felt like I felt like I was seeing art happen. But you felt like this is what it really was, right? Yeah. You felt like yeah. there's there's a reason why these movies are adored overseas. You know, it, it, forgive our ignorance back in the 90s, but that's just kind of how yeah. it was. And then you saw this come out in 2000. You were like, holy shit, this is... It's one of the times I was proud of the Western audiences because I'm like, oh, this, right. is, this is one of those things that was a huge success that people were right about. Well, yeah, because, you know, looking in, and, and we'll get to it a little bit in production development, but they were talking about how this was kind of a su surprise hit. They had no yeah. idea it was going to be as successful as it was, especially, we'll talk about it right now, with the star profiles, Chow Yun-Fat and Michelle Yeoh definitely are the two leads in this and talking about what they were doing at the time this was a big moment for chow yun fat this is kind of where he was starting to blow up in yeah. america he'd done the replacement killers in 98 there were the corrupter in 99 and then anna and the king in 99 as well which was the jody foster kind of like the king, and, the I king remake, and i remake yeah, right yeah, yeah. how yeah. was that movie i, I can't really uh, remember it that well but i that's my mom about right love, yeah it's a it's a handsome film okay my mom absolutely loved Yul Brenner, so we watched The King and I a yeah. good amount when I was growing up and I actually really like that movie for nostalgia oh, and it's a, it's it's a phenomenal it's movie yeah. it's, it's, hard, it's hard because The King and I's shadow goes is so long yeah. that the, Anna and the King makes me go oh, I, I made me want to watch The King and I right it's like so, you don't want to watch like the Joy Luck Club like it would be called like Tea with Asians or something yeah, you know yeah. what I mean and it came out 30 years uh, later uh, I think Warner Brothers just optioned that <laughs> It's perfect. I'm going to be in that one. Um, then Michelle Yeoh, we got um, Moonlight Express in 99, Tomorrow Never Dies in 97, and The Song Sisters with two O's in 97 as well. So also a really huge moment in her career. Why do you think she never, like, 
kind of blew up to the next level. I mean, she, Michelle Yeoh is definitely more famous than Zhang Ziyi ever became. Mm-hmm. And I think specifically... Well, now, with Crazy Rich Asian, she's experiencing a revitalization. And if your only exposure to, to Michelle Yeoh has been Crazy Rich Asians, where she's the villain, yeah. see this movie where she is so full of heart and soul. I think part of the problem, there's a twofold problem. One, Asian. Asian. I think yeah, the, Asians uh, world, in general in the Hollywood. The world 20 years ago yeah. was much a much bigger place. It was harder to get stuff. So there were... The, 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 the onus was on these actors to be the one Asian crossover or the one black crossover, right. the gay crossover. And she was a woman of a certain age. I think she's in her 40s in this movie. I, I believe that for sure. And, you know, there's one thing Hollywood hates. It's women who, are, who are over the age of 26. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, and, and she doesn't play... The typical sort of, you know, f- you know, f- shrinking violet, or she's just she plays a powerful character, and she just happens to be female. Right. It's she she she's comfortable in her own skin, and she p- carries that authority in almost every role she does. Oh my does. god, she is even when she's playing a weaker character, you believe her. She fully inhabits it. I just she, don't think we know what to do with her. I I, I think that that's a very good point, you know? I, and she commands. Every scene she's in in Crazy oh. Rich Asians, it is oh. it is fascinating. And for me, it was fascinating watching Crazy Rich Asians because this is my Michelle Yeoh. When I hear her, I think Crouching right. Tiger. And to see her in Crazy Rich Asians be that tiger mom, that damaged, angry woman, right. I was like, oh, I don't want her to be this because I love her, but I buy her. She's so. I, good. I was gonna say, I still, I still yeah. appreciate her. I still you respect. Get her. I, you, you get her. You one hundred percent get her, and I think that is absolutely phenomenal. And then, and then Zhang Ziyi on the other part, uh, which I think I did pull a picture mm-hmm. for her as well. She's. This is her third project yeah. ever. She was in like yeah. a TV movie, a, a small part in a film, and this is her third thing. And then after that, she went on and she showed up in like Rush Hour Two. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe for her, it was a language barrier thing. Yeah, her 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 English is very very choppy, and it would be really really hard to have her in a movie be the female lead opposite. I don't know, Chris Pratt. Right. Yeah. Like Charlie Hunnam and the and the lady that played Mako and Pacific yeah, Rim it, it, is like one of those. Just, things. It's just so much that. That, and I also think she she does a lot of work back in yeah. China. I mean, she's she's a big star there. It is. She, yeah, she's working still, and she's she's so beautiful. And she was and young. Talented. She, she was like eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, I think. She, you can see it. You can definitely see it. Um, so moving on to production development, I, w- I pulled this cool little tidbit here. It says the name Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a literal translation of the Chinese idiom, which I don't know why I copied the Chinese idiom in the Chinese characters. Do you want to read that out loud for us? Can you read that? No. <laughs> It says, uh, which describes a place or situation that is full of unnoticed masters. It is from a poem of the ancient Chinese poet Yu Zin, which uh, that reads, blah, 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 which means behind the rock in the dark probably hides a tiger and the coiling giant root resembles a crouching dragon. The reason that I brought that up is because we talked about these women early on, mm-hmm. right? Like, I love the first time that you see the, the robber mm-hmm. and everyone refers, he, he, go get him, the man, how did he do that? Yeah. And you're like, the whole time, we as an audience, we can see the eyes, we know it's her. And what's great is, <clears throat> excuse me, she's, you can see the, the twinkle in her eyes, she's she's both parts annoyed and laughing that they, they think it's a it guy. Up. Yeah, she loves it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, so Ang Lee is a very, is a very interesting guy, and, and it seems like you know a lot more about him than I do personally, but you know he 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 is a Chinese Taiwanese director, mm-hmm. and he came onto the American scene with movies like The Wedding Banquet, Pushing Hands, and then Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, which I I don't really know. Which is great. It's a great movie. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's so he's really known for kind of deep diving into these really intense emotional connections in film. Like again, watching Brokeback again mm-hmm. uh, two days ago was just it's. Heart wrenching. Well, it's what's what the superpower Ang Lee has is 
he transcends ethnicity and gender and age and captures the emotional truth. Yes. He's a, he was probably in his late 50s when he made Brokeback Mountain. He is a straight guy from Taiwan. And he made this love story. Yes, like that, has a, that most of, like like I said, you you know you and Ben talk about how much you like Brokeback Mountain. Most of my straight friends right. like Brokeback Mountain more than most of my gay friends. And I'm like, that's how I felt growing up watching straight romances. I had to figure out a way to identify with the emotional romance, not the physical or the the, the body parts. And when you talk to people that that you know, you, you say you know most of your straight friends even like Brokeback Mountain. When you when you speak to people that are homosexual and you talk to them about that movie and you and you know that it does. A service, or at least it, they, yeah. they capture the emotion correctly, because it's always it's always tough when you're not in that demographic, right? You're like mm-hmm. you don't actually know if it hits home to the people that it should hit but home to. But most people don't describe Brokeback Mountain as a gay movie. Right. Most people describe Brokeback Mountain as a tragedy, a romantic tragedy, because Which it hundred tra- percent is. It, yes, it absolutely transcends gender. It's a movie about two people who, at a different time period, would spend the rest of their lives together, yeah. but. Time and getting out of our own way doesn't allow us to. And it is so... And what's great about Ang Lee is he gets these sweeping, broad, just gut-destroying emotions, but he never plays them loud. Because how many he just times... just lets them exist yes. and lets you... Feel, let's, it's like a, it's the difference between a tidal wave and a tsunami. The water goes out in an Ang Lee movie, and then... It comes back in, and before you know it, you're underwater. You're done. Yeah. It's not this crashing thing. It's this slow submersion. You and I. And he's. And I, I, if I ever met him, I would probably cry and pass out because right. I. I don't know how he does what he does. I don't either. I don't either. And 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 the looks, the looks that he has his leads give each other in Brokeback. In every in movie. Every movie in Life of Pi. Even the looks between a man and a CG tiger yeah. in Life of Pi. And then you talk about the looks between Yao and Chow Yun-Fat in this movie because they can't say anything. Yeah. So it has to be given in a look. And The and, very first scene. The yes! Very, the very yes! first moment they're together. Just the two seconds they look at each other. He gets more from a moment of silence yes, than most dude. directors get from actors who have giant Shakespearean monologues. Right, a soliloquy or a monologue yeah. or 13 lines or two pages of, yeah. of dialogue. Just that one look, the amount of looks mm-hmm. that she gives him, and, yeah. and then the look when she sees him after he comes back, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And, and it's just the amount – it's not – it's contentment. That's yeah. what it is. And what's also great about him is this is a very sad movie. Uh, it's Dude, got, it's got bawling to, it, at the it, end. But but it's a sad movie you want to revisit because it's sad, but it's it's not depressing. It's sad and it's beautiful. It's, it like, is, it's like it's like a really good ballad that makes you cry. You love it because it's so well – it's art. It's so well made that it's just overwhelming on a technical level, an emotional level, and a how craft stoic level. she is when he yeah. dies. Oh. That If she wasn't oh. that powerful when that happened – the movie wouldn't be as good, no, and your audience would... would also still be in shambles, like yeah, even it... more so than they already are. Because that's the thing that I th- we talked about this as well. What's what's great about movies like this is that we are always keeping up with the characters. We're learning things as the characters are yes. learning them. So it makes us feel like we're there. It makes us invested in the movie. And we look to, as the audience members at the end of this movie, when Chow Yun-Fat dies by seconds. Seconds. De- we're looking for devastating. her. We're looking for. It's like when you're a kid and something bad happens, like grandma dies. And you look at you your like parents, look at your parents to see how they, they are react. They crying? Yes. Because if they start crying, you're going to cry. And she holds it together because she knows she has to hold it together for the people around her. Right. And she has to hold it together for herself. But that if she starts moment, crying, that she's done. That moment though, when he starts to lose it, and oh. he's like, "My whole life, I just wanted to hold your hand," yeah. and like all this, and they oh. finally kiss. Let me cry like, now. Yeah. Oh my god! It is. It is so. 
what is his, his whole he's like i live my whole life as a fool or something yeah. like that like oh my god oh yeah. my god uh so really quickly, just to finish up on Ang Lee, uh, he won Best Director uh, for Brokeback and Life of Pi, um, the first non-white director ever to win uh, those awards, which I think is fascinating. And then um, he won Best Foreign Language Film for Crouching Tiger, and that also uh, received nominations for Picture and Director as well. But we'll get into that a little bit more in Box Office and Critical. Uh, we're going to breeze through this. So this was produced by Sony Classics. It only cost $17 million to make. It had a small release. Um, or a limited release, as we say in Hollywood, uh, December 8th, 2000, and it had a wide release January 12th, 2001. Um, so, interesting little movie trivia fact <coughs> there for you. It grossed $128 million domestically, an additional 85 worldwide, for a grand total of $213 million. And that's... 19 or that's two thousand dollars yes that's the, the two thousand year, year. yes 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 so you talk about the inflation so the inflation rate and once again back then the internet was in its infancy people cell phones were still oh, yeah flip phones and stuff. so the equivalent of this today would probably be it would have made like 300 million dollars here and, and it would have made it would make a lot more worldwide now because of yes. the ways because the distribution patterns are more open and that sort of thing yeah the number the 85 million from from worldwide seems ridiculous because you think just alone in china now it would make like 400 yeah you know so uh so imdb gives us a 7.9 i don't believe it's in its top in the top 250 which well that's ridiculous yeah it it definitely (laughs) it definitely needs to be i'm gonna double check that and then the scores on rotten tomatoes kind of fit the formula for like the general audience of people Mm -hmm. now which means the top and all critics give this movie a 97 the audience gives it an 86 which I think is is wrong. Like, well, but you got to look at it this way: eighty six percent for a movie that you have to read in America. Yes, that's like a hundred percent in a country where people have education. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to get people to read a movie because it's like trying to get people to eat broccoli. Yeah, and, and you know <laughs> you what? Know? And, I was and actually... you forget good good uh, subtitled films. You forget you read them. Yes, and I, I was talking about that. I it is it was so refreshing mm-hmm. to have to sit down and watch this movie and not play around on my phone, not check my email, not get distracted, not be mm-hmm. cooking. I had to sit and 100% yeah. devote all of my attention for two hours plus, and it was so, so incredibly worth it. Um, so this movie won four Oscars, cinematography, uh, best music, best art direction, and best foreign language mm-hmm. film. And I'm going to say this because everyone on this show knows how much I love Gladiator. Mm-hmm. This movie should have won best picture over Gladiator. Oh, it, Absolutely. Like 100%. Absolutely. It, it really should have. This movie has the emotion that Gladiator wanted to have. Yes. And, and like, going back, I showed my friend when I was in Tokyo. Um, I showed my friend there. She wanted to see, like, one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. growing up and, like, a great American mm-hmm. movie. And I was like, well, you know, Gladiator was, like, my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, we were going through watching it. And I was kind of like, unless you know this movie and you mm-hmm. love this movie, it's not that great anymore. Yeah. Like, unless you're looking for Joaquin being evil, you're looking for Russell Crowe being a badass, and you're looking for those fight scenes you've seen a hundred times, it's just not as good as, as Crouching Tiger. Like, yeah. Crouching Tiger is astronomically a better film. Yeah. And so it should it, – I, I 100% believe it should have won Best Picture, and it's been a bit forgotten about. So I want to talk about that that, mm-hmm. that other – cat, uh, the the game we were going to talk about. Sure. Those are the, and guys, if, if you are watching along, which I know you are, in the chat – I wouldn't put it in the chat today just because I'm not really able to look at it. Go and comment on the Action Movie Anatomy fan page or the Action Army fan page and let me know what your top three forgotten great movies are. And it doesn't have to be popular movies. They can be popular movies, whatever they may be. There's three movies that you think everyone should see if they haven't or if they've only seen it once to revisit 
What do you got, Draco? Uh, okay. My we'll, we'll go one and one. Okay. My first one is, since it's action movie anatomy, I'm going to pick yes. an action film that much, that, much like Citizen Kane, is the genetic father of most films we see today. This is one of the best action films ever made. It was made 81 years ago. It is uh, Errol Flynn's The Adventures of Robin Hood from 1938 yes. with Olivia de Havilland. And uh, Alan Hale Sr., Alan Hale Jr. played the skipper on Gilligan's Island. His dad was an actor who oh, looked wow. exactly like him in this movie. It's got an amazing score by Korngold, a classical orchestra score. And it's a swa- this defines swashbuckling. I, I mean, I've seen screen grabs of this movie many, many times well, in my they life. they did, a couple of years back, they did a digital restoration of it. So it is available to see. Unlike you've ever seen it before, with the right. saturated colors, the crispness, it is it is a movie. It is a, mo- a movie for all ages, that is deeply satisfying and deeply fun and very. F- it's it, it's this is what Errol Flynn is. When right. People think Errol Flynn. This is what they think. It's just and it's got sword fights and stuff. And it's like um, a, a smaller scale version of Crouching Tiger. The sword fights and the the daring do are all done by the actors, and it's just a, a glorious film. And none of the updating takes away from it. It makes it better, like the uh, the color correction, the sharpness, all that. It makes it a better film. No, it makes it look better because right. it was a you know it was a Technicolor movie. It was right. Well, sometimes then. it can kind of pull you out of it. No, you no. Know? This, this was a movie that this isn't Dick Tracy saturated, right? But it, but the, it's a it's a it's a very colorful film, and it's just it's just delightful. You'll watch it and smile, and, it, 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 and with the exception of. Probably Disney's animated Robin Hood. We don't ever need a Robin Hood movie ever again. This is a perfect There's Robin Hood so movie. So many Robin Hood movies, and they're, they're all they're awful. all bad. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm gonna hop in with. You know what? I think I'm gonna go with Quiz Show. I know it's weird, but it, this is a movie that was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, in a ton this, of Oscar, yeah, ton of Oscar nominations, and it was in a huge, huge Oscar year. I can't remember exactly what year it was. Maybe '98 or '99, where it was just like up against incredible contenders. Um, it's a good movie. It's just really well directed by Redford. It's really well acted. Turturro, I think, is maybe the best he ever is in his career. He's kind of hateable. He's got like that yellow tooth that you hate, and yeah. like. And I think the the actor Paul Schofield, maybe that's who it is, was nominated. Older guy. Was nominated for an, uh, for best supporting actor in it, I believe. It's just so good, and it's one of those movies that people had mainly mainly people in the movie trivia schmodown space have been like, you got to check out Quiz Show. It's just one of those movies that you're going to get asked well, questions about. It's a true story and it's fascinating. It's about like fixing game shows and all that. It's where the law came from. And watching it today in this world of reality television gives it a whole new flavor. Oh, yes. It, oh, has, yes. it has a whole new – it has like – I think it's actually more timely now than it was – when it came out, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember like watching it. I was like, this this movie could have came out today, yeah. and I would have I would have found it fascinating. Um, what do you got next? Uh, my next is my favorite Robert De Niro performance, and my favorite Righteous Kill, of... Righteous Kill. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no uh, Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, my, and it's also my favorite Martin Scorsese film, and it's a film called The King of Comedy. Uh, it's Robert De Niro plays a wannabe stand-up comic named Rupert Pupkin who lives with his mom, and he is an awful comic. And he's obsessed with a guy, uh, a Johnny Carson archetype played by Jerry Lewis. Okay. And it is one of the most uncomfortable, squirm-inducing movies. If you liked the movie Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I love that movie. This is, this is the DNA of King of Comedy is in... Nightcrawler, and it's also deeply in the uh, Aubrey Plaza's movie, The Ingrid Goes West. I've heard of this movie a lot. This movie is <clears> my <throat> favorite Martin Scorsese film and my favorite performance by De Niro because it is, it is 
Everybody's great in it. Jerry Lewis is great in it. Sandra yeah. Bernhardt is great in it. She won the National Board of Review Best Supporting Actress in it. It's a movie that has been forgotten. Uh, it's not as sexy as the Goodfellas and Taxi right. Driver and stuff like that. But it is, once again, it's a movie about a guy who's obsessed with fame and watching it today. When Jerry Lewis died, the arc light showed a bunch of his movies, and I went and saw King of Comedy on the big screen because I didn't, I wasn't old enough when it was out. Right. And you're watching it, and it's timeless. It's like, oh, this is today. And it's so squirm-inducing and so uncomfortable and so great, and it's just a brilliant, brilliant movie that no one talks about. And you use that word timeless a decent mm-hmm. amount, but I, I feel like you do a service to it. Because like when you told me Crouching Tiger, mm-hmm. Hidden Dragon was timeless, like go back and watch it, you will love it. I loved it more than I ever had before, yeah. and it, it, it still looks perfect. Yeah. It still looks absolutely perfect. Oh. So if you're telling me about, about, about all these movies, I 100% need to check them out. Um no, yeah, that makes I, me I happy. Can't, I can't imagine anyone who hasn't seen King of Comedy watching it and not going, how did I not know about this movie? Right. It is, it's a cliche, but I wish I hadn't seen it so I could watch it again for the first time. I know the feeling. I 100% know the feeling. I'm envious of people. That, I, I want to watch people watch it <laughs> yeah. because it's just it's just a brilliant film. I um, I watched so this next movie on my list. I've only seen twice, and I watched it for the second time, the first half on uh, my plane flight back from somewhere. I can't even remember where I was flying back from. Um, but I was laughing, and I felt like overwhelming joy and love and just like nostalgia i fucking love love simon i think love simon is maybe the best movie of this year still Mm -hmm. it's just so beautiful and fun and i don't know what it was like to be a gay kid in high school but i feel like i know what it was like now after watching that but once again that's how i would i felt watching like 16 candles right yes or ferris bueller it's it's about it's the specific details of our lives are different but the emotions are the same being an outcast and feeling like everyone's judging you and feeling different every kid feels that way whether you're whether you're a a mixed race kid or a gay kid or a nerdy kid or a jewish kid or the fat kid everybody has a weak spot and what was great about love simon was i call it a movie in a minor key Mm -hmm. because it's not about big sweeping things no but it's just a sweet movie that that shows the universality of love, the universal qualities of it, really, and and, and yeah, you can say that it's it's a very white movie, and yes, you can yeah. say that you know Simon's journey is not the journey of the black kid in the movie who's really out, right? Um, and his parents are a little too saintly, but you know what? We see the news. We know enough about gay kids that commit suicide yes. or are beaten up. This, movies are supposed to be a place of art and entertainment. And that's, this, I think, straddles that line really, really well. Yeah, and I think you really, really encapsulated perfectly early on saying that like we all have that same struggle, whether yeah. it is being gay or mixed race or whatever it might be. And I think that's what I love about mm-hmm. it so much is it wasn't, like you said, like it's not a gay movie. It's not about being that. Yeah. It's just about being a high schooler yeah. and struggling and with finding your out identity. Who you are yes. And owning yourself. And, and that's, that's so difficult for anybody no matter what like I didn't know what I was going to be when I was going to grow up I had no idea even what I wanted to be when I was leaving high school and I had all these people that knew what they wanted and and you lose your confidence in that so I think it's so well done I do got to give a shout out to and we were talking about earlier off the camera about actresses who are aging into being maternal roles beautifully she's so great we talked about uh, Julia Roberts and, and we Kidman. talked about Nicole Kidman yeah. this year both in Boy Erased and Ben is Back just really embracing the, the matriarch role and and not being old women because of yes. that and Jennifer Garner's speech in this about she knew yeah. and she said it just felt like you were holding I mean I'm gonna cry she said it yeah. felt like you were holding your you, breath that scene is just you want it's much like the scene where Michael Stuhlbarg in uh, Call Me By Your Name when he talks to Elio at the end that monologue he gives every parent should watch those scenes and every parent should say that to their kid whether they're yeah. gay or straight or whatever because it's about I, I want you to be happy I want you to be authentic 
I know and, that line. I felt like you were just holding your oh, breath. It's oh. so. It's such a simple line, and it's so heartbreaking. It's so perfectly well written. Like yeah. that is exactly and what it is. She plays it well too. I mean, she's just sitting on a couch. Yeah, she's just, and it's not big, sweeping gestures. It's just this mom saying, "I love you. I know I can't ask you. You need to get there yourself, mm-hmm. but." I wish you knew you could trust us. Isn't it amazing uh, how beautiful subtlety is in films and how much directors... Can we have yeah, subtlety, subtlety just period? And <laughs> just how gray Can I life? add to this? Yes, sure. please. Yes, I, I loved this film. I actually rewatched Life's um, Love 7 just like a week ago. And yeah. just to add to the conversation when, you know, when she was talking about that. But I think the line that really did it for me was when she said, you can now exhale. Yeah. Yes. Like, ah, oh, done. Beautiful. Yeah. It, and Josh Duhamel. The scene that he had, I mean, because because the the jokes, which girlfriend was it that turned you? Like, it's kind of perfect. He's the perfect he, cliche dad. He, he is the Midwestern dad that doesn't know how to talk about. Doesn't his know, dad yeah. didn't ever say I love you to him. Yes, so he doesn't know how to. For him to say I love you is like making fun of you. And when the, that Christmas scene, when he's when the daughter's like, Dad, stop being an asshole. Yeah, and he's like, I, not, I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't mean that. I'm just being me. He 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 didn't. It wasn't. It was ignorance, not stupidity. Yes. And the, he also has the best joke in it, where he and Simon, after Simon comes out and they're in the backyard and they're hugging, and so he says, "Let's go inside and let, let's join the grinder together." And Simon says, uh, "Dad, I don't think you know what grinder is." He's like, "Oh, it's Facebook for gay people, right?" <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's such a specific line and so authentic that the gay audience is like, "Oh, that's a really good joke." Because it's true. There's yeah. so many dads out there yeah, that would absolutely. say that shit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, do we have? You have one more, I have right? One more. Okay. And, and I'm glad I ended on this one. This is my favorite. Uh, my second favorite Martin or um, Francis Ford Coppola film after The Godfather. Uh, it's a Godfather film. Two, right? Godfather Two. Yeah. yeah Godfather. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Um, I pay attention it, when you when you speak. I'm glad somebody does because I certainly don't. Uh, it's called Peggy Sue Got Married. It's... <laughs> that, I, so I was, that was an avid like Nick Cage has a bleached blonde like white guy not fro but it's like a poof yeah, and I had yeah. this as my avatar face for my fantasy football yeah. league for years yeah Peggy Sue Got Married is about Kathleen Turner uh, she's it's her 20th high school reunion I think uh-huh. and uh, she's she was married to her high school sweetheart Nick Cage who was crazy Charlie who owned like a TV one of those I, I got the best deal oh, that, okay that makes sense with and the hair, they're then. separated because he was having an affair and she doesn't want to the, go to the reunion because she doesn't want to be the sympathy one and she goes to the reunion and she wears her dress from prom and she still fits in it and, and uh she gets there and she's presented with the female student award at okay. this thing and as she's walking up she starts getting heart palpitations and she collapses and then she wakes up and she wakes up back in the 50s in high school and she's giving blood at the in the gymnasium and she has her current memories and is back then Huh. And Nick Cage, his performance got vilified at the time. And I would argue it's his best performance because he plays a teenager with the voice cracking and the awkwardness. And he plays it. He fully goes full Nick Cage in it. But it actually. But he does it. it. It's what a 16 year old. His voice cracks and he's, you know, t- afraid about, you know, he wants to have sex with his girlfriend. But when she comes on strong, he gets him weird. Right. And it's 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 got a killer cast. It's got uh, it's got Kathleen Turner, Nicolas Cage, uh, uh Sophia Coppola plays her little sister. Okay. And she's great. She's this annoying little sister. Uh, Barbara Harris, the mom from the original Freaky Friday, plays her mom. Jim Carrey is in it. Uh, Will, um, what's his name? Uh, there's a ton of people Jim in, it. in it. But it's, wow. it's, it's a really, really wonderful film. And it got kind of lost in the shuffle because it came out right around Back to the Future and there were time travel films. Oh, right. And this film isn't necessarily 
a sci-fi time travel film. And it's a beautiful movie filled with so much genuine emotion. One spoiler scene I'll give is Peggy Sue comes back home from school. She gave, gave blood and every, and she's like freaked out. She doesn't know why she's back there. And they send her home. And she's walking in. Her mom's in the kitchen making dinner. And the phone rings and she picks it up and it's her grandmother. And she's like, Grandma, I, I can't talk right now. She drops the phone and the mom says, I'll call you back, Mom, and hangs up the phone and says, Peggy, what's wrong? And Peggy's sitting on the stairs and she says, I... I had a dream that Grandma died last night because in Peggy's like Grandma's right. dead. She's died, yeah. And and I mean, almost again, I got goosebumps. It's such a moment of purity where her mom's like, "Oh, Peggy, well, you know, she's getting older, but she's okay." And it's this moment. It just if you ever had regrets or miss someone, it's just a beautiful, beautiful movie. It's nuanced. Kathleen Turner was nominated for Best Actress for hmm. it, and it's Coppola in a minor key. But it's it. I wish he made more movies like this. Interesting because it's it, it's it's a beautiful, funny. I had no romantic, idea he directed that. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. That's crazy. Hey, uh, Marissa, how are we doing on time? In the sense, do we have someone coming in here right after us? Or are we doing okay? No, you're fine. Doing good. Okay, cool. Uh, then my last one, uh, I'll give an honorable mention that Ben uh, he, he had sh- suggested Walk the Line is one of the. Hmm movies which i actually how did you like that movie i liked it i, I liked actually it. really yeah. really liked that movie and i turned it on last night as i was going to sleep and i joaquin is very very good in it mm-hmm. he's very uh, mesmerizing so i i really like that but mine's actually forgetting sarah marshall is mm-hmm. my final one i think it's maybe the best rom-com that's come out in the last decade mm-hmm. i love it it's endearing i love the idea behind like the hollywood side of it of apatow being like look dude if you want to be in movies you need to write yourself a movie because you're just not castable as yeah. the leading man in a rom-com you're just not yeah and you put him in one and you're like holy shit you could be the leading man in a rom-com yeah. You're you're charming and 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 funny and and likable and good looking enough and I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I think everyone does a great job and I think Jonah Hill has some of his best comic mm-hmm. like com- comedic timing. Period. Mila Kunis, you love Kristen Bell, you love. It's just it's, and that scene, it, the, the opening scene, the scene, the scene is for no pun intended is a real ballsy scene. It really is, and like him writing that as his early like as his one of his first scenes. Genius, yeah. like abs- like you are sucked into the movie like that because you're like, holy shit! If well, this is the, what's happening in five minutes, this could happen an hour and a half. And the scene is kind of a distant cousin of uh, Robert Altman. One of his uh, later films was called Shortcuts. Okay, uh, and it's following like eighteen different people through Los Angeles. It's just different stories. And there's a scene where um, Kath- or, um Julian Moore is married to Matthew Modine, and they're having people come over for dinner, and she's wearing this silk skirt and silk blouse and they're talking and she spills wine on her skirt so she takes her skirt off and she's washing it in the sink and blow drying it and she's not wearing underwear okay. so she's standing there in high heels and a blouse with full bush out and she's just talking to her husband and it's never made a big deal because a husband and wife that's, that's not just a big what you deal. do yeah we're, we're naked a lot we're born naked yeah. we all know what naked people look like americans are obsessed with these uh, with genitals being terrifying oh i know and it's just like everybody's got it you know and, and every every most every couple is having sex or has seen each other naked, yeah, and that's absolutely. one of those things. I, I just thought it was so beautifully honest and perfect because we've all. Been, I, yeah. I remember with my ex, we got in a fight when I when we were naked. Mm-hmm. It's happened. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a happened. real thing. Yeah, absolutely. Not as funny as that. And the scene. way Jason Siegel does it is. It's it, it goes on for so long that you that you're no longer bothered by Can it by the end of the scene. Please put some clothes on, yeah. Peter. And he's yeah. like, no, if put clothes on, that means it's over. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love that he like bends over like the yeah. most unflattering yeah. shots yeah. from behind. Yeah. So uh, my three that I mentioned were uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, Quiz Show, and what was the third one? Why can't I remember? Love got- Simon. And Love, Simon, right, the one we talked about for like 10 minutes. And what were your three, Mark? Uh, Scorsese's King of Comedy, Errol Flynn's Adventures of Robin Hood, and 
Francis Ford Coppola's Peggy Sue Got Married. And that's a weird three-course meal right there. It is, but i got to check out uh, King of Comedy. So, guys, oh, please, so please leave your three. You can leave them in the comments, but Action Movie Anatomy fan page on Facebook or Action Army. We are going to cruise along here into favorite line. It can always be tough because you don't know the direct translations, um, but do you have a favorite line, Mark? Um, there, there aren't really... Lot, there aren't really like one-liners in this, yeah. But I do love the scene, the line where uh, Zhang Ji is in this pub, uh, or the Chinese equivalent of a pub. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And she's sitting there sipping tea, and all these big burly guys with their different crazy weapons are like, "Oh, you got the Green Destiny sword? Who are yeah. you?" And she says, "What's your name?" And this guy says, "My name is Gao." And he has this fan that he says, yeah, and she's like, "She's like Gao. I know a Gao. That name makes me puke." Yeah. And this giant enormous fat guy with this razor sharp thing starts shaking and backing up and it's this little tiny 18 year old girl and then it goes into this amazingly choreographed oh, fight so, scene and the next thing you see is someone fly out the window and you're like yeah. oh shit it's and, on and it, 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 it's just fun because that's once again you see this character who looks like she weighs 10 pounds soaking wet just who is just destroying just people fearless yeah. just fearless yeah I my actual favorite line I, I could I would try I started writing it down and then I was like, Oh yeah, this is way too much. But it's it's basically the entire scene between Li Mu Bai and Zhang Ji the first time mm-hmm. they fight mm-hmm. and he wants her to become his apprentice and he's yeah. telling her like strength isn't this, it's this, wisdom isn't this, it's this and there's so many beautiful, you know, Yoda juxtapositions. Well you can see that that this this is where Lucas got a lot of the Yoda stuff yes. from, not from this movie, obviously, but from Asian films, the right. sensei, the dojo, all that stuff. That, all the sayings, all, all that. It, and it's everything he says there is, is phenomenal. I love almost every, I mean, I do. I love every single line. I just started writing them all down. I was like, this is too much. Um, so we're going to move on to AMA question here. Josh Ryan, who's been a longtime fan of the show, he always asks great questions. And I thought this was interesting because we've talked about this a handful of times mm-hmm. on AMA. And he says, do you think there will be a return in popularity of martial arts martial arts epics someday and i think well they still are huge overseas right but i I know he means specifically in america or in the states and it's tough because i think if this movie was in english it Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been as successful Mm -hmm. i I really don't think it would be but i think there's a problem with our audience nowadays to where like if they have a martial arts movie they want it to be Low dialogue, high action low emotion or they need it to be in english so they can understand the emotion behind it and I, I need it to happen. I love martial arts movies, and I think if they're done like this, I think if you have a great dramatic director that can also direct action, that's who you need to do this. Not an action director sure. that also knows drama. Like yeah. You need a true dramatic director. Absolutely. I think, I think everything is cyclical. Yeah. The rules are the rules until the rules are broken. I mean, every you know, back in the 80s before must-see TV, they were like, oh, the sitcom is dead. And then all those sitcoms came back. And they were like, oh, yeah. the drama is dead. Then there was ER. Then the sitcom was dead again. And then there was How I Met You. So everything is cyclical. I think I – think, because in the 90s, uh, martial arts movies were massive. It was a huge thing. But well, like everything, once something's successful, there's lots of bad knockoffs. Yes. Man, you know, mm-hmm. for every, every time there's like a, a – um, what do you call it? Uh, what's the, the yogurt place that was so big? Oh, Pinkberry. Okay. Every time there's one of those, there's 5,000 knockoffs, and yeah. then all of them go out of business. And it's sort of this sort of thing. So I think that when, if there's a great one that is made, people will respond to it. People well, because we talked about The Raid. Yeah. It's a phenomenal martial arts movie, but there's there's no heart to it. There's no. I mean, there's some, but there's no dramatic stakes. Like, but it's in definitely the sense of this. an action film. It's a straight action film, yeah. This, you know, Crouching Tiger is a film uh, a deeply emo- a relationship film set against the backdrop of this stuff, these big, broad yeah. things. I think I think there absolutely will be one. I think as the world gets smaller and it continues to, you know, I think that I think that as the Chinese market 
has more effect on us and their tastes get more diverse as they get more and more movies there, I think we're going to see things that are that are far more interesting. I mean, look at how far we've come in the past year with things like Crazy Rich Asians and Wonder yeah. Woman and Love, Simon, where these movies in Black Panther – the, we're, we're, we're Black Klansman. Black Klansman. We're, yeah. sl- we're slowly sneaking in nutrition into the ice cream. Yeah. So, and it's making people, I mean, and, and look like things like Hidden Figures. Who would have thought a movie about that? Mo- ben, you know, ben has been like, asked me to watch that movie for so long. It's I a great finally movie. Wa- it's, it's a great phenomenal. movie. Phenomenal. But, but on paper, you're not going to say a movie about four black women scientists like in trying, the to 60s, trying to work at NASA. Trying to work at NASA yeah. is going to make $200 million no. and be a crowd pleasing movie. If the movie is good and authentic and resonates, any genre is, is viable. I couldn't agree more. So couldn't agree more. Uh, Star Drew in the chat here had kind of a fun question. Mm-hmm. Would you take the women of Kill Bill or the women of Crouching Tiger? Oh, the women of Crouching Tiger. Hundred percent. Yeah, not even a question. Because the women of Kill Bill are all mentally damaged. <laughs> I mean, true. they're all insane. <laughs> you don't know if you don't know if either they're going to help you or cut your head off. In that, this movie, Michelle Yo, you know you can go to sleep at night and she'll take care. And you, oh, you're yeah, not she'll protect work. you. Yeah. She'll protect you. Yeah. Also, the just the, they're fighting in this movie, and is they just, can fly. Yeah, they, I was going to say they can fly. So yeah, not even not even on the same page. Uh, thank you for those questions, guys. Um, there are three action movie categories. I feel like we don't even need to get into this one. This movie is just totally legitimate. Right? Oh, completely, there's, completely. There, there. I, I would argue there's probably not a movie that has been more legitimate that you've covered. Oh because, yeah, because this That's movie, fair. this movie. You you list the different types of genres this movie is: martial arts epic, mm-hmm. historical epic, romantic drama, uh, coming of age story. It is an A plus in all of them. Yeah, yeah. You can't. There's nothing. There's nothing I would cut from this movie. No, and it's long, and, it's and long. there's that but weird, there's and there's the long, like you said, there's a whole short film in the middle of yeah. it that is so necessary, oh, absolutely. and it's complete. And it's, But what's great about it is you're like, wait, this is weird, but it allows you to catch your breath, and it allows you to process everything you've seen. The pacing in this movie is exquisite. Yes, and, and also it, it lets you kind of... Um, Empathize with with her character instead oh, yeah, of it like just being said, like that, a rich spoiled that smile, brat. That smile scene at the bath that instantly it. validates you. Like, oh, that's what Chow Yun Fat sees in her. Yes, and it's 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 amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. And the, again, the the ending, the death. It is so heartbreaking. We've hardly even talked about the Limu Bai death and the actual the one. Are we going? Is Krypton going to explode? The table? Just no, no. It's, oh. They're just letting us know that they're still alive back there. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> the the dart in the <clears throat> neck. The one dart, and then. He said, like she says, he's like, there is no cure. There is a no. cure. But it's just all these things. You're just like, oh, my God, it's done. He's done. Yeah. It's not going to happen. He's the Yao and Chow Yun-Fat are never going to be together. Yeah. And what's great is, too, when he, when he says, I can slow my heartbeat down and I can right. prevent it from and it gives me it'll give me an hour or something. If this was an American film, she'd come back and save him and she'd be redeemed yeah. and it would be this very crowd pleasing ending. But it wouldn't be earned. His death here is sad, but it's completely necessary. Anything else feels wrong. And his death makes Zhang Ji's character elevate. Exactly. Their arcs, their arcs are the opposite of each other. He starts from a place of transcendence and comes back down to earth because of his love. And she starts as this earthy sort of entitled selfish girl. And at the end, when she jumps over the fence or mm-hmm. over the wall and disappears into the mist, she's not committing suicide. She is... She has achieved what yeah. he didn't. And it's like the ending of Deadpool 2, but mm-hmm. the way it should have ended. Like, <laughs> like the, the heroes actually sacrifice for the greater good of the yeah. young, you know, protege that is just lost. And there's something so, so beautiful and tragic about him being dead and her holding him when, when Zhang Ji walks in. It's yeah. just, it, 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 it's a message movie because it's not a message movie. It makes you think, oh, who am I, who have I not told how I feel about them? And what happens if I die? My whole life is a mistake. Anything. We're all so fragile, and it's got this deeply profound message in it 
that is, you know, it, once again, it's like having ice cream that makes you lose weight. Right. It's, del- it's delicious <laughs> and it's good for you. Yeah. And that's not, that's a rare thing. Indeed. I was weeping at oh. the end of this. Oh, I, every time I saw it in the theater, I would just sit in the credits, just be like sobbing quietly, yeah. quietly. It was just like, and it was it was the equivalent of like an emotional spa. It was like going to a sauna and just sweating out. Yeah, getting it all getting out. Like out. you said, you're happy, you're sad, yeah. you're inspired, you're all the things. I love it. So, guys, there's only one thing left on the show, and that is called The Pitch. It's weird doing it by yourself. It's weird without Ben here doing that. That's one thing I'll say. Um, I don't know what we're doing next week, but one thing I do know is that Ben will be back. I will be here. You, unfortunately, will not be here, but we need to have a well, show. maybe Ben won't be back. Yeah, maybe he'll never be back. We don't know. Um, we need to have a show where you come on with uh, with with Ben and I. Um, I would love to. I would love to. This is so much fun because, like I said, whenever you ask me on, it makes me watch a movie that I haven't thought about necessarily, and then get re-excited about it. Oh, dude! I, yeah. I honestly, I cannot thank you enough for making me rewatch this movie. I even my sister. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw in the in the Facebook chat group, Leslie. She <laughs> she she doesn't comment much. Um, I know she just reads a lot, but she saw that you were covering this or that we were covering it. And she wrote how she's like, "This is one of the most beautiful love stories ever. Yeah. I love it." Blah blah blah. So and for for all of you who haven't watched it, stream it, rent it, watch yeah. it. It's it, it. You will not regret it. It is it is a movie that you will be thrilled to have seen and be annoyed that you didn't watch earlier because it's just and it's still perfect. It's, it's still a hundred percent holds yeah, up. Yeah, like I said, there is not one frame that I could think of cutting from this movie. No, not at all. Guys, all right. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for being here. Happy New Year. Mark Andreco. one more time. Thank you so much. Where can the people find you? Uh, at Mark Andreco on Twitter. Uh, uh, I'm on Facebook, and I'm currently writing Supergirl for DC Comics, the monthly oh, Supergirl. Yeah. Uh, and the new issue of that will be up next week. And then I have a couple other comic projects coming up. And, you know, the Hollywood thing, TV, film, you know. Yeah. You know. Spin and plates, hoping one doesn't break. He's a big guy. He's, yeah. he's a big time over here. Uh, guys, you can find me online at Andrew Guy. You can find our pages, uh, team, uh, what is it called? The Action Guys. Is that what it's called? I don't even remember what our Twitter is called. It's called, oh, yeah, Team Action You're Show. You're still jet lagged. I am still jet lagged. And you also check out The Action Guys on Collider. Guys, thank you so much for stopping by, Bye, tuning everybody. in, and go and check out Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. See ya. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.